0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 507 of the Juicebox podcast. We're back again with another Diabetes Variables episode. That means Jenny's here, and today we're going to talk about traveling. That is a variable. You know, I asked the Facebook community, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes, for a list of things that impacted their blood sugar. They came up with over 150 of them. Today, Jenny and I are discussing number three, travel. It's travel time. The world's opened back up. It's warm outside. Many of you may be heading off in your car or an airplane or other ways that you travel. We thought this would be helpful for you. Please remember while you're listening that nothing here on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. For those of you who are right now thinking, in long car rides, my kids' blood sugar goes up. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's traveling. Ooh, now you're interested. Here comes Jenny. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is brought to you by me, kind of, and I want to tell you about my thing. What do you think of that? Back at episode 210 of the Juicebox Podcast, I started making episodes called Diabetes Pro Tip with Jenny Smith. These are ideas from the podcast that you hear, you know, sprinkled about in different episodes, condensed down in one place. These are management conversations. So, I'm going to tell you about them very quickly. Episode 210, Diabetes Pro Tip Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over. You may have just heard Dr. Maltz talk about it in episode 506, I think. After that, 211, All About MDI. 212, All About Insulin. 217, Pre Bolusing. 218, Temp basal 219, Insulin Pumping. 224, Mastering a CGM. 225, bump and nudge, 226, the perfect bolus, 231, variables, 237, setting basal insulin, 256, exercise, 263, fat protein, 287, illness, injury, and surgery, 301, glucagon, and low BGs, 307, emergency room protocols, 311, long-term health, 350, bump and nudge part 2, 364 Pregnancy, 371 Explaining Type 1 to Others, 391 The Glycemic Index and Load, 449 Postpartum, 470 Weight Loss. I am incredibly proud of this series. It is completely free. You can go back and listen to it in your podcast player right now, or you can find it at diabetesprotip.com. You can also get to it through juiceboxpodcast.com. And now I'm going to read you a review. I saw a mention of the podcast in one of my Facebook groups. The ProTip series is filled with such great information. Thank you. For someone who has been living with diabetes for 30 plus years, I wish I had been more proactive in finding this information sooner. I'm going to recommend this to my endo. That's a, a podcast review from Apple Podcasts. DiabetesProtip.com. My son was diagnosed with type 1 about five months ago. I have learned so much from just the pro tips, and I will be listening to all of the other episodes. This podcast is amazing, both for the information and for the shared experiences from Scott and his guests that make you feel less like you just got hit in the face with a shovel, as Scott correctly describes the feeling of type 1 diabetes, and more like you can find ways of keeping your loved ones happy and healthy. Also from Apple Podcasts. They're real reviews. You can read them at DiabetesProTip.com. I am not a doctor. This is not advice. But I think if you listen to those episodes, your life will get better. It'll get healthier. It'll get happier. It'll get easier. At least you've got a great shot of that happening. And if you don't believe that, go back and listen to episode 506 with Dr. Maltz because she believes it. And I do too. Travel, elevation, or exercise. You pick.
1: Oh, what about travel? That's big right now. Okay.
0: Well, I, I just flew on a plane. You did. It felt a little, uh, weird naughty. <laughs> it's like, right? I'm finally breaking a rule, <laughs> but I wasn't, uh, it was, and it was fine. I mean, I'm vaccinated. I didn't think I have to admit, I didn't think much about it. Uh, but my son had to go cross country to work out for baseball and he was staying for five weeks. He's still actually there right now. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, look, I'll come with you. It was all very nebulous. Um, the place is great where he's working out, but all of the pieces around it, like where do you stay? How do you rent a car when you're 21? Like, I, I just felt like if I sent him out there by himself, he would have called four days later crying from the airport and being like, I don't know what happened. I don't I'm know still where I airport. am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll go out with you. I'll get you set up and then I'll come back. Um gotcha. So the first thing that I think about, I mean, we're gonna do air and like ground travel, right? Like we'll talk about cars and flying. So start with flying. The first thing, the only thing I think about about flying is that people talk about the air pressure pushing insulin through their tubing and giving them insulin that they don't mean to get. That's a thing I feel like I used to hear about all the time. But we've flown with Arden a million times And I've never once thought of flying as any different than any other sedentary situation. So I might be the wrong person to ask. But what do you see?
1: So it's a it's a known while it's a known issue. While there's no real, at least I haven't found any as of yet. There might be something out there that I haven't seen. But from a tubed pump standpoint, we advise people based on people's anecdotal Mm -hmm. information about what they've tried. I mean, there are even photos online. If you look at people who've used tubed pumps, have flown and done their own experiment in flight or before, during, after kind of thing. What they've done is they've taken pictures of their tubing. Mm -hmm. So from a pressurization standpoint, on ascent and descent, there's a pressure shift. And that can either push insulin out meaning the reservoir actually pressurizes enough to push insulin through the tubing and give an infusion of an extra almost like a bolus Uh or the pressure can pull insulin sort of the reservoir in making the insulin from the tube sort of retract into the reservoir inside creating a bubble in the tubing which means then you would miss insulin As it's being pumped out, if you didn't realize what could be going on. So we typically advise on ascent and descent, essentially just disconnect from your tubed site. Mm -hmm. Once you get to cruising altitude or once you land, essentially reconnect, take or take a peek at your tubing to begin with. If there's any bubbles there, purge them out. People with tube pumps know how to do that purge it out, pop it back in, and go ahead about your business. Um, In both regards, then you're not only going to not miss a dose of insulin from a bubble, Mm -hmm. but you're also not going to get a push of extra insulin that the pump doesn't register as a bolus. You you don't visually see that in your pump insulin dosing history, right? Um, So those are tubed pumps. Um, Omnipod is it seems different. There's no tubing, obviously. That's the reason a lot of people use it, which is great. And I, I have had only, I'd say less than a handful from what I can remember in counting two people that I've worked with who've noticed because they fly often enough, mm-hmm. they've noticed a definitive difference in their blood sugar during flight, as well as after flight where, and these are more lows. They're not highs, but they are lows. Um, one woman who religiously flies first thing in the morning, she doesn't eat any food. She's got her settings well in place and mid flight, depending on the length of the, of the flight, it seems like mid flight, she ends up having a little blood sugar. Okay. Now, is it because she walked a lot at the airport while she was there and didn't realize it? I mean, we've looked at all of those pieces in terms of travel for this individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she actually chooses to just do is she has a snack as soon as she gets on the plane and she doesn't cover it.
0: So for whatever reason, she just thinks there's something happening, a variable that is basically pre-bolusing me. Yes. I'll just
1: take I'll just. Purpose take care of it exactly now after flights people of all pump you know types sometimes can't have like baggage claim lows that's kind of what i refer to them as where you know if you haven't disconnected your tubed pump you could have gotten a kind of a pulse out of insulin and now you're traveling through the airport who knows how long depending on the size of the airport you're kind of walking around a little bit more after flying and moving your legs you could technically have a low walking to a taxi you know stand to pick something up all of those could be variables in the mix of travel they may have nothing or something to do with potential extra insulin.
0: Yeah. And you're lifting things and, and, you're li- right. and hustling around. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, by the way, did you get a parakeet or is that a bird outside of your window? I right hear.
1: Oh, those are birds outside. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I would never, I don't, I don't do birds in the house. <laughs> no birds in Jenny's house. Um, no birds in my house. So no, what? I've got cats, fish, dogs, but as, no. As no crazy as,
0: as it sounds, maybe I see diabetes everywhere, but I, when I flew with my son out west, we were waiting. It was an it was a nighttime flight. It was my first experience flying with the sun, which was very strange because we took off here around six thirty, and it never got dark outside of the plane. And so you know you're tired, but your brain's like, no, no, dude, it's seven o'clock still. And she, you're, like, it, you're like, ah. And so we get there. We're standing at baggage claim, and there's a girl there. She's a mom of a little kid, less maybe two years old or so. But the the woman's I call her a woman, but she felt she felt young to me. She was like in her 20s, um, and she had a pump on with tubing. And the entire time we stood there waiting for the bags, I felt so parental towards her. Like I never talked to her or spoke to her, but I just stood there the whole time because the kid was fussing. We'd all been on a long flight. She's kind of wrestling, holding on to the kid, and I just kept thinking like, Check is there your, something I could do to help you? I could help you. Do you want to check your blood sugar? Just you know, <laughs> like I, I just I, it's all I could think. I, I started talking to my son, so I'd stop paying attention to her. Um, yeah, but she was fine. So, OK, so the air pressure thing aside from flying is the next idea of travel is being sedentary, right? Correct. Like not moving around can make your blood sugar go up.
1: It can. Yeah. And our typical is a recommendation for if you're using a pump to increase using a temporary basal somewhere between 10 and maybe 30% extra for the duration of time of sedentary travel. So in this kind of goes for both air travel, train travel, you know, if you're taking a bus, if you're taking a car whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. but sedentary more than about two hours typically needs more basal, at least insulin,
0: right? Yeah, well, so So now so you have steps here then. If you're using a tube pump and you're going to fly, you disconnect, you take off, you get up to cruising altitude, you purge the the line of air, hook back up again, and then start with some sort of an extended basal, an, an increased temp basal to address the sedentary nature of you just sitting about. That's about right? Typically,
1: that's about right. I mean, usually for me, I've found that where I need extra because we know how long it takes that temporary rate to kind of get circulating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I tended to find a need to increase it while I was sitting and waiting for the flight to kind of come in so that we could get on and take Are you take a off. nervous
0: flyer? You're not a nervous flyer, are you?
1: No, no, I like flying. Yeah,
0: it's so relaxing. I love the idea of like, not there's nothing I can do about my situation. There's something very freeing about it. Um, yeah.
1: But, but I like sitting in the airport watching people. That's yeah. the like... I do. I always, I always bring a book along and I never get to reading my book until I actually get on the plane because I'm, I like watching people. People are interesting.
0: I have, um, I'm going to tell a story at the end of this, but so, so interestingly enough, now you disconnect your tube pump, get up to flight, uh, altitude, purge, reconnect, do your temp basal increase so that you don't get high during the flight, but then do you do a temp basal decrease like right before the flight stops so you don't have the baggage check thing or do you just throw some food in your mouth as the plane hits the ground do you think? Are no,
1: you usually I recommend setting that temp basal increase for like 3 quarters of that travel duration kind of so that by the time you get to the descent which can take some time once the You know, the pilot's like, we are going to start descending Mm -hmm. into wherever it might be, right? I mean, it could be a little bit of time. So I usually say that's a good cue if you didn't set your temp basal to run a certain period to just stop that temp basal increase.
0: Okay. So and do and I disconnect my tube pump for the descent as well. Okay. Yes. All right. So
1: I'm shaking my head and then realizing Jenny's that nobody can see me. So.
0: This is yes. audio, Jenny. Please please respond with words. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, here's my quick uh, airport story. I went to Dallas to speak at a thing. It was a very quick in and out. I don't want anybody to feel bad for me, but I'm basically – I'm cargo, you know what I mean? Like they ship me down, I get stuffed in a car, I show up, I clean myself off, put on clothes that I look better in, stand on a stage, talk like a lunatic for four hours and then somebody goes, your car's here and they take you back to the airport and jam, and so I'm sitting at the Dallas airport, I'm wrecked, right? It's only been 36 hours since I left my house and I'm already going home and talking takes, I know it's, maybe you think it comes naturally, but talking and thinking like it takes a lot out of you. So I'm sitting at the airport, still in the clothes that I presented in thinking, just rest up enough to go in the bathroom and change into something comfortable for the, for the flight home. I'm, and I've got my headphones in, I'm trying to relax. And this woman, if she's listening, she was lovely. I can see her from across the, the terminal. She is coming at me. <laughs> and I'm like, and she's walking with a lot of purpose. And the closer she got, the more I thought, "Wow, I think she's really coming over to me." There are a lot of people there, so I started taking out my, my my earbuds and I was I made eye contact with her. I'm like, "Hi, how are you? Can I help you?" Like, but what I'm really thinking is, "Don't murder me in the airport," like because I don't, you know, like I don't know what's happening right now. And she goes, "And
1: you're tired. Oh, and your really brain isn't was. working."
0: I'm, I'm like, "What is happening?" She goes, "Are you Scott?" And I was like, "I am." And she goes. I love your podcast. And so, and so my brain just goes to, oh, well, she was just at the thing. I said, Did you just hear me speak? And she goes, Speak where? And I'm like, Wait, you're not here for the thing? And she goes, No, I'm here. I think she said her daughter was in a track meet in college and they flew in to see her. And I was like, So it's coincidental that we're sitting in the airport together and you know who I am? And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I was so freaked out, you know, like really, really, really freaked out. And, um, She said a lot of nice things and it was lovely. And she walked away and I, and et cetera. But I never, like, you don't start a podcast thinking one day across the country somebody will recognize you and identify you. But there I was back in New Jersey, uh, in the little bus going back to where my car was parked and talking. And this woman turns to me and she goes, Are you Scott? And I was like, Wait, what's happening? Why is this <laughs> happening again? She goes, I recognize your voice. I love your podcast. And I was like, uh, ah. and so it's very, very, very strange. Um, but generally speaking, I'm a heads-down flyer usually. Uh, are
1: you? You don't really.
0: I just put my earphones on and I kind of keep my I do look at people because it's fun, but you know, then I'm I'm sure they're also looking at me going, like, look at this guy with stupid headphones. I'm not paying. I
1: found I've found that especially with the amount of people that I work with and talk to and like the different personalities in travel, I've, I've got kind of a good personality filter. Mm
0: -hmm. I've
1: found um, like interaction wise, you kind of, you learn how to talk to certain people and interact and whatnot. And that's kind of the traveler that I am. You, you get this like almost sixth sense feeling about people that really could be a good interactive like discussion and other people who are like nope they sit down they get their book out they put their headphones on you're like I'm just gonna leave you alone
0: I I was sitting next to a woman in the terminal and then we took a five-hour flight and then an hour and a half later I'm standing at a train station and she and I are the only ones there and I just looked up at her and I went it's weird that Seven hours ago, we were sitting next to each other across the country, and now we're standing here, and she goes, I was just thinking the same thing, and we had yeah. a nice little conversation. Listen, the truth is, if I'm not tired, I will talk to... I love talking. <laughs> I will talk to anybody. My son's like, why do you talk to people you don't know? And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, We're not alive that long. Like, let's. Right. Like, what's the point? And he does it, but he doesn't think he does it. Oh, I never pointed out to him. But That's he's, funny. Yes, yeah, so I, I don't say anything. Okay, so what do you hear all the time from people... I put my kid in the car and their blood sugar shoots up. It's not the car though, right? It's that you have this little thing that moves around like a ball of kinetic energy. You've got it. And now you're
1: making it sit in one spot.
0: And it stops. And now suddenly the basil that works while the kid's super active is not enough for while the basil, for while the child is, is steady. But does that right. happen to adults? I guess that would happen to adults. It anybody. does. Yeah.
1: Yep, absolutely. I mean, we used to, when we lived on the East Coast, we would... Drive up um, from DC up to New York or whatever, which is a long enough drive, um, especially depending on traffic, that I always found I needed a temp basal increase to accommodate for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found, as I do with a lot of the people that I work with, that food, if I mean, if you're used to a pre bolus that's 15 minutes, I found I needed longer. Yeah, It was just that sedentary nature that really like was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. And, and with the shoot up for kids, I think sometimes it might be anticipation of what they're going to do. Right. right? I mean, if you're living someplace that you're going to take this awesome vacation, once you kind of get there and the child knows about it, they get in the car, that's like, that's like adrenaline. They're like excited or they're going to go and spend a week with their favorite grandfather or grandmother or whoever it might be. They know what they're going to do. It's like all of this energy that's now like sitting and they can't just run it out. So it goes up.
0: Now it's um, the same thing. You know, Arden's insulin needs um, can go up or down depending on if she's like in school or virtual, just like she's even just the walking around the hallways. My mom's in her mid-70s, and she told me the other day that um, she hasn't been able to sleep during the pandemic. And then she got vaccinated, so she's out again moving around. She's like, I sleep so much better now. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're exercising more. And she's just like, I had to talk her into believing that that was true. I'm like, you're moving around more. You're expelling your energy at the right times of day when it's time to sleep. You don't have extra energy. And she's like, You weren't just sitting. Right. You weren't (laughs) just sitting there. It's, I, I mean, listen movement of some kind every day is super important. And children do it so naturally that you don't notice it as being part of their, I, unless you have a boy who's just like constantly throwing trucks against walls, then maybe you're aware of it. Uh, but <laughs> but um, your kids are like little mini tornadoes. And then you yes. sit them still. And uh, listen, is a car ride across town like 15 minutes? That's not it. You're talking about a long no. travel situation. Yeah. Like, seated in a car. Okay. Which is why
1: we usually say a de- like a defining time, which is what most people want. How long should I expect, you know, a need to change something for, is it 15 minutes? Is it an hour? We usually say two hours or more. Yeah. You're going to need extra insulin. So
0: all of this really, you know, my mind In my mind, it's just being flexible. It's noticing it something is. happen, noticing it before it's a problem and just, I don't even care why it's happening. Like, that's almost why some of these conversations are so interesting to me. Cause I was like, oh, I didn't realize that if, because if I put Arden in a car for a long time and her blood sugar started going up, I wouldn't even care what the variable was. I would just be like, she needs more insulin. I don't, and I don't argue about it. I just give it to her.
1: Right. So. But the prep for then for the next time gives you some hindsight to say, this is what happened last time.
0: Yeah. I can do it. So better let's job.
1: do better job this time by attacking it before it happens.
0: Yep. Okay. So, um, Excellent. I want to thank Jenny Smith so much for lending her sage like wisdom to the Juice Box podcast. Don't forget, Jenny does this for a living, and you can find her at integrateddiabetes.com. You know, also, I want to thank today's sponsor, me. Actually, I just want to remind you that the Diabetes Pro Tip series is available right now in your podcast player. Just hit subscribe. go to episode 210. I listed them all for you at the front of the episode, but they're also available at diabetesprotip.com, which is also accessible through juiceboxpodcast.com. Please try the Diabetes Pro Tip series. As always, it is completely 100% free. It's not like I give you some of the information and the good stuff is locked up somewhere behind a paywall. That does not happen on this podcast. Everything is free for you. The show is always free. It is ad-supported, and so it is free. You understand? I don't have to charge you for content. The content is yours. Share it. Use it. It's for you.